Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. And we are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. And I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And we are closing out this week, a, a Heidi Bennettless week. So hopefully Heidi has enjoyed her Hawaiian vacation, birthday vacation. So if you get a chance, wish her a belated happy birthday. But uh, hopefully she will come back tan and happy. And as such, we are welcoming back for one last time, fabulous actor and visual storyteller and all around hell of a fella, Mark Daniels. I am one hell of a fella. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> it's been a really interesting, interesting conversation. And uh, yeah, I look forward to keeping it moving. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> and in today's episode, we are covering Minute 63 of the movie The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, Dana swims to safety and the control room begins to celebrate, albeit somewhat prematurely. Yes. So where we left off before was Dina was making a intrepid escape from uh, Pop Buckner in the water submerged Rambler. And uh, she is swimming to the top and uh, yeah, trying to trying to get out of this situation. Yeah, that shot, um, the wide shot of her swimming to the uh, to the top of the water just really makes you think of Jaws, you know, and um and a lot of the imagery that they set up there. And I don't know if that's what the uh, filmmakers were going for, but uh, for me, that's what, uh, that's what it brought back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really beautifully shot. I mean, it's just, it's murky and yeah. I mean, this wide shot's really incredible because she's just appears so small right. in comparison to, you know, all the water around her, you know, I think this is a really nice emotional shot. Yep. And she's coming out of the darkness and, and transitioning into light, which is also kind of interesting to look at. Mm -hmm. And then we have this, we, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show is that we've had these really interesting transitions yeah. where to provide some continuity and some connectivity, we'll have a shot or uh, a phrase that will, you know, either strongly counteract what each environment is saying. So we have like the control room environment and then we have the environment that the kids find themselves in. And right. so this is a strongly connective image in that we have, we have Dana who's trying to get out of the water. And then we have this great cut that is, looks like Sitterson pulling a Negro Modelo out of the water. That is what it looks like. <laughs> you know, they match the water lines from one shot to the other kind of. And uh, it, the, the show really flows and it's, um, it's really, really uh, expertly edited. And it's kind of obvious that, you know, when they were writing it, they set these things up to be stylized elements of their show. And I think it, it worked real well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is beautiful. I mean, I didn't realize that in the apocalypse, Negro Modelo was the, the beer to drink. Sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, it's the apocalypse. Have Oli if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, you're going to die anyway. Oli, by the way, is it's the beer of my people. It was, uh, it was my grandfather's beer and, uh, and my father's beer. And we used to have that beer out uh, in the garage. And I'll tell you, you know, your dad was, was giving you lessons on, on how to save yourself when your car was submerged. Well... <laughs> Well, the old Daniels lesson was, okay, 
you know, beer was my, was my, uh, and not a beer, but having like a sip of beer mm-hmm. was, was kind of the thing. So if dad's watching football, Mark, go out there and grab me a beer. You can have the first sip. And then it's like, Ooh, it's, Ooh, the first sip of Oli. Everybody out there, you, you want the first sip of Oli, not the last <laughs> sip of Oli. And, um, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, hitting on, on, uh, the Olympia beer because, you know, it's, it's wonderful. It's all about the water. But the other thing about my dad was, is that, uh, well, the Daniels family didn't have all that functioning of a refrigerator out in the, uh, out in the garage and it would fucking electrocute you (laughs) if you touched metal, if you touched any of the metal on the outside of this thing, it would fucking electrocute you. So dad put a putter handle, um, actually it was a putter cover is what Mm, it was, Uh, you know, uh, uh, just a cover that you'd put over, over your, your golf club and he put that on the handle so we wouldn't, um, you know, he was so gracious to put that on the handle so we wouldn't completely electrocute ourselves when we went out and got a beer for him. Now, I was talking, <laughs> to, and I'm not talking about, uh, uh, I mean, this is holy fuck, I can't let go kind of oh, shock. No. And, you know, and my sisters and I were laughing about this. And, and my older sister, Gail, says, well, God, do you remember when, like, the Hennies, our, our childhood friends growing up, uh, do you remember when the Hennies would come over and you'd tell Adam or Sarah to go get a to go get a Coke from out back and then they'd get shocked too? <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. It's a, it's fucking awful, but we both laughed, you know. And we're still laughing about it. Um, so I guess that's that's Daniel's family humor when it comes to beer. And Oli beer is a I want to say it's a local delicacy, but I think delicacies may be pushing that. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, the first sip is better than the last. Um, and with chicken wings, uh, I don't, I don't know. I'd take that over a Pabst Blue Ribbon any mm. day, and that that might divide some of your listeners. But um, no, nah, I'm a I'm an Oli guy. Mm-hmm. Olympia beer, Olympia yeah. Washington. On a side note, since we are speaking of Olympia beer, yes. I had an Olympia beer hat that my parents had bought. This was like back in the 80s, so early 80s. Was it a mesh hat? Did it have like the, the was it like a trucker hat? No, it was like a yellow, like yellow gold hat with a little like boop, boop, like a little pom-pom on top, like a, <laughs> like a winter hat. Okay. And okay. I loved that thing. And it actually came with a scarf, which I lost when I was a teenager. Oh, but man. I had the hat and I went on a meditation retreat, a very austere, silent 10-day meditation retreat where I was the the female manager. And because I had all of these warm, tender feelings towards the hat, I didn't associate it with the fact that it's it's beer, right? So, you know, in, intoxicants are, are, are frowned upon in, in the precepts of Buddhism. And so I unfortunately- <laughs> I can't imagine like, why. <laughs> right, so we're trying to talk about keeping precepts and, and you know, being sober and, and being- you know, going inside of yourself and providing a, a safe, comfortable space. And I sort of got called out in, in an end of day management meeting for running around with a, a pro beer hat for, you know, well, it's like five, six days. But here's the thing. It wasn't the beer hat that was the plastic baseball hat, you know, with two beers and, and two straws, you know, going into your mouth. That's what I'm saying. I, I just was like, oh, I really didn't get the association. Like my, my intentions were, were pure. It was just like, this is warm and it's loving. And it reminds me of, of happy times and being a kid. And uh, it was not received that well. Well, you know, then that's, <laughs> then that's not the Buddhist retreat for me. Yeah. Negro Modelo is the official beer of 
uh, the the control room. Well, actually, Mexican libations, it seems, because we will hear uh, about some tequila here in a second. But I'm actually kind of curious. Yes. If you were going to throw a party mm -hmm. because you're like, holy shit, I did some really, really fucked up shit and I saved the world, what would be your drink of choice? Oh, Jesus. Um you know, it, I, I think it would have to be a rotating drink. Um, and I'm going to catch hell for saying this, but it is my favorite. Look, man, a good Cosmo in, in a rocks glass. It, it, you can skip the garnish. I mean, it can be, well, it's my favorite damn drink. Really? Yeah, a it Cosmo. really is. A Cosmo. Cosmos are delicious. Cosmos are freaking delicious. Pomegranate martini is also, uh, I, I enjoy sweet and knock you on your ass. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, bird. so that's what I'm going for when it when it comes to that. Um, yeah, and, and I don't know that I particularly need a garnish, even if I did save the world. I don't know if it that means I get to treat myself to a to you know to a lemon lemon wedge. Yeah, I mean really. I mean really, treat yourself. Treat yourself. I'm just saying. All I right. mean that's that's awfully humble of you. You're it, like you don't need is. a well a cherry or I, nothing. No, nah, <laughs> just yeah, no, just yeah, some Jaeger maybe. <laughs> You know, and I'm not talking about following the Jaeger, uh, following the uh, the Cosmo with the Jaeger, because I'm pretty sure that would that would just come out everywhere and it would be bad. Right. Um, but um, but why not? You just saved the damn world. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I want to uh, to pop the cork on a bottle of Dom or anything um, when you've got good absolute mm. sitting around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. just mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Good answer. And have chicken wings. Shit, you would need chicken you would, wings. You would need some chicken wings and, and maybe a little bit of garlic bread. Oh. And a nice vegetable plate. I don't know. Saving the world. Vegetable plate. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because yeah. maybe you would like feel like, oh, I want to do something healthy for myself. Well, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Keep it light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So I get that. I mean, you know, I think I'd want a cake. Ooh, what kind of cake? That's a good question. I think I would want something... I mean, I love buttercream, so mm -hmm. I'd want mm -hmm. a several-layered chocolate yeah. buttercream situation yeah you know what about, what about like raspberry uh like filling or like in you know, that kind of stuff uh, you could throw some raspberries I'm, on I'm, that i'm loving ras cake and raspberry go together like peanut butter and freaking chocolate mm. in mm. my opinion yeah, yeah. that's true yeah. uh i have a good friend laura and for several years she's known as big pimpin shout out to big pimpin <laughs> yo yo big pimpin what's up <laughs> she's gonna love this and we would get her a raspberry poppy seed birthday cake. And it was like, Ooh. probably just as much for us. <laughs> God, this sounds good. Her. Hella good. Yeah. Lemon, raspberry, mm. just saying. So I would probably do something also. I mean, fuck it. You, you save the world. You should have whatever cake you want. That's true. I'm just saying. That's true. So. All right. So on to uh, Negro Modelo. And we have, and this is actually something that mentioned, that got mentioned by Joss and Drew on the director's commentary for Cabin in the Woods and that Sitterson tosses a beer to Hadley and catches it and there's no water spray. There's no ah. like, you know, because there's no water. So yeah, right. I mean, it's not a huge deal and nah. it was something that I really didn't give too much of a shit about when I saw it initially, but they pointed it out and I'm like, oh God, you're right. There, there isn't a water spray here. You yeah, know? They're, they're cheating that a little bit, but I mean, do you really want to see, you know, the, the character have a big old spray of water go across his shirt and hit him in the eyeball and, you know, during the scene, because realistically, you have to cheat that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and you know, these guys are, are storytelling professionals, so. Yeah. So that, you know, that didn't catch my uh, attention as much as the fact that the character sitting next to him um, reaches out for uh, to catch a beer and and she, she, he, the guy just leaves her hanging 
And it looks like that was a special take that she did because the actress looks like she's really ready for it to receive a beer. And they just left her hanging there. And um, I think if she was one of the guys, Mm -hmm. they might not have done that. You know, it's funny when you watch minutes and you catch things and you don't catch things. I've seen this movie several times, right? And this is the first time I have ever caught that particular thing. Yeah. And you caught it first time out because I saw this. I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. She's totally open. Like, it's like the high five where you're like, we have a connection. I'm going to high five you. And you just, you just get left hanging and it, depression yeah. comes. And it, that's totally mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah. It's the, it's the fist bump that never was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a stillborn fist bump. Yeah. But it's, but it's also, <laughs> it's, it's also fun to look at. A stillborn fist bump. <laughs> it's just kind of hanging out there. Yeah. Doesn't have much to do. And then it's done. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's pain and anguish is there what that go. is. It's rejection. Yeah. So yeah, there's a but that's there's a whole history with Lynn who's who's been trying to be one of the guys, be, sure, and sure, get in there and and be part of their their tight knit bro community, and it's just been it's not been good. Yeah, so. and we see that we see the the um, blood channel handles in the background in this shot too mm-hmm. um, yeah, which totally. um, which is you know once again a nicely composed uh, image. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, they're, they're rolled up there. Yep. So, yeah, we have a wonderful explanation from Hadley. Goddamn, that was close. Um, and Citizen photo fucking finish. And, of course, Truman being the straight man that he is, is like, I don't understand. You celebrating? And uh, Lynn, Lynn just shows up with a beer here. Like, I don't, there was obviously some sort of off-camera. Yeah, th- you know. there was there was an off-camera opening the Modelo. Mm-hmm. That, that is just, you know, that we just have to imagine. Yeah, yeah. so she's like... I can live with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... <laughs> but, yeah, but, totally. but it is a continuity uh, jump that's that's easy to see. Yeah, it is. It's a little like... Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's like, they're celebrating, I'm drinking. So we have a nice little, uh, little shot here um, on the monitor because they've got, you know, this like NASA-like setup uh, right. with... Uh, Dana swimming to shore that they're watching, which is kind of like fucking crazy anyway, that they're just like chilling out and this poor person's like had this complete trauma and they're like, Hey, yeah, that's, I mean, they're in the business of, of, of that, mm. you know, I mean, yeah. how many generations, um, of their family, if you wanted to go that way, um, you know, have been doing this job possibly, you know, mm. my guess is that they probably don't hire, um, out of the, uh, you know, the want ads or the Craigslist. Holy shit, I never considered that. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, these ancients have been around forever and they've been appeasing them forever. So, I mean, did great grandpappy uh, have the same job and oh. um, and did he get his, you know, ass torn from uh, from his cheeks when uh, when that job went wrong? Right, right. No, yeah. I hadn't considered that it was a, a generational gig. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Truman being the straight man that he is, is like, but she's still alive. How can the ritual be complete? And this is where Hadley makes the explanation that the virgin's death is optional as long as it's last. The right. thing is that, you know, she suffers. Right. And, okay, so this character, yeah, she's she's suffered. Uh, but, you know, my thought is, is that, okay, this is obviously a moment that they're working on, um, you know, explaining you know, some of the lore there, you know, it's an exposition kind of thing. Oh, um, so we were talking yeah. a little bit actually yeah. um, off mic about, <laughs> you had a funny thing about her suffering that like, did she, did she really suffer? Right. Okay. So, <laughs> right. Well, and, and all right. Yeah. So she, you know, all of her friends have been tortured and killed and, mm-hmm. you know, 
she's been nearly drowned and stabbed and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, in the history of these guys doing this job, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, is this really the the biggest, you know, the, the, the most emotion that they've felt uh, for a quote unquote character? Because oh. I think that they view these people not as folks, you know, not as someone that you'd sit down and have a dinner with, but, you know, as, as a necessary uh, part of, of, the sacrifice and they're just a character. They're, they're just a thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's really obvious, you know, when, uh, you have, uh, Bradley Whitford's character, yeah, Hadley. Uh, Hadley, when you have Hadley, you know, taking, taking a moment to stare off into the screen while he's watching, uh, her swim to, uh, to the top of the water and talk about, you know, the suffering and, and, you know, this, you know, he shouldn't be feeling this, you know, mm-hmm. but he kind of really does. And yeah. And then, and then that once again, that moment, gets shifted around where he sees, uh, you know, his friends coming into the room with a bottle of tequila. <laughs> and and I think that's, you know, that, that says an awful, awful lot about the the mental state of the folks that are, that are you know, in the control room and, and, and doing these things, setting these creatures loose. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is one of my favorite, all-time favorite lines, next to the husband bulge line. The husband bulge line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hella mileage out of <laughs> yeah. But I love this, tequila is my lady, my lady. It's just, oh, yeah. I love it. I love it because I just, there's something about, and I've talked about this before, but there's something about Bradley Whitford's 10 pound balls and just like, he's just totally, I don't know. He's like that intelligent kind of a dick. Like yeah. he's got an arrogance to him that I just, I find to be like, just wonderful. Like in this moment. He's talking about all the pain and the punishment. He gets cuts himself off with the punishment. Gets distracted by fucking tequila. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's betting to do. They've seen this a million times. She's motherfucking dead. Mm. You know. I yeah. mean. So <laughs> why get attached when you can have some tequila? Yeah, some sweet tequila. Because tequila is his lady. Yeah. That's right. I love it how there's like a dude here who's coming in with like a blender and shit. So obviously yeah. they're going to have some type of margarita it's situation. Happening. Yep. It's coming. You know? Yeah. So I just, and I, I just love that Mexican booze is the, is on tap when you, <laughs> you have this kind of a, a close scrape for the, the end of the world. So you betcha. So yeah, he uh, he, meaning Hadley, welcomes in uh, these these random workers and be like, "Hey, it's time to party. We're gonna crack open the beers. We're gonna drink the tequila. Yep. We're gonna presumably have some type of margarita situation going." And they're really stoked because they're like, "Hey, we you know this was our our close call." And yeah, I, I think you brought up a really interesting point of of just you know is is she is she actually special and what is it about? Her that they're seeing is more right. special given over all of right. these generations and all of these times that they've seen people come through. What is it about her in particular that they, they're getting, you know, attracted to or yeah. finding her finding her to be unique? Yeah, and I and I don't think that the the character or the actress uh that that they are soft in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, watching her I often thought of oh gosh, I think it's the Nancy character in Freddy Krueger. Mm. I mean that lady that oh gosh i forget her name the actress that played her but she was she was just wonderful oh brooke uh, brooke something camp um hmm. anyway i think uh, i think brooke is the actress's name that mm-hmm. the, that played uh, that character in freddy krueger and she also was very strong i mean mm. you can be terrified and still have an inner strength to move the scene forward and to uh help to connect to the viewer mm-hmm. you know um as as much as uh 
uh, Chris Hemsworth's girlfriend was was fun and, and attractive and all that. She just wasn't that interesting mm-hmm. of a person. Although her her making out with the uh, with the the wolf on the wall, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure what to think about that. Yeah, I, not, I, I mean, part of me says, <laughs> says says hmm. Then a part of me also says hmm, which which I I yeah, I'm not quite. I don't. Yeah, I many don't know mixed about that. feelings. I do have mixed feelings about that. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I I certainly. You know, I have never seen someone make out with a wolf before, um, mm-hmm. and let alone one that was dead on the wall. But that's that's Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah. that's that's it. Yeah, the the strangeness continues. It's, it it it's does. Just, yeah. yeah, it's offbeat. Good. Yeah, offbeat those goodness. were those were awkward minutes. They were. <laughs> they were. So yeah, as we close out this minute, uh, we've got uh, a pan along the dock with Dana swimming to the very edge, and you just see her her arm and, and elbow trying to grip onto the edge of the dock to, to pull herself up from the lake. Yeah, that's pretty much where we're at. And, you know, it's this, this show just doesn't have a break in it. You know, mm-hmm. after, after they set up uh, the initial characters and who they are and what their relationships are to each other, it, it just gets the ball rolling and it never stops from scene to scene. It's, it's really quite something. It's really a lot of fun and unique. It is, yeah, and it's just going to get. I mean, this is kind of the beginning of it just being completely off the chain in yep. terms of its its insanity. So, yeah, that's where we're at with that. So, uh, since it is Friday, we do a pop culture recommendation on Fridays, and uh, I'm going to kick it to you and, and hear what you're what you got going on. Okay, so I, I'm I'm into quite a bit of uh, of of the nerd. Uh... The nerd shows, uh, like a Star Wars Rebels, um, I think it's uh, it's really great um, Star Wars storytelling. You know, they aren't spending millions of dollars uh, per episode uh, like a Star Trek Discovery is, mm-hmm. but um, I'll tell you, it's they they've they've really crafted some interesting Star Wars characters, and um, and I'm looking forward to the wrap up of that season. Uh, actually, of the series mm-hmm. uh, that comes, uh, it's coming up in February, and um, and Star Trek Discovery is just something that uh, I mean, I said there's no way in hell I'm going to pay to watch motherfucking Star Trek on television, you know, mm-hmm. and and I said they're not going to do it, you know, and then I watched the the pilot episode, and and then I became a statistic. <laughs> I I just I I just you know I I just did. It really, really hooked me, and the, the production value on that show, it, it looks more like a J.J. Abrams feature film mm-hmm. than it looks like any Star Trek we've seen. And the writing and the um, the casting and the acting and the effects are all uh, just, they're all there to serve the story and to move it forward. Um, and uh, And as a Star Trek fan... Yes, there seem to be some inconsistencies, you know, with, oh, I don't know, like a uniform or a ship, uh, that kind of thing. And, you know, it, it just doesn't really bother me all that mm. much. I'm, I'm, they, they're doing such a good job keeping things moving um, and keeping uh, the twists and turns coming in the story that, uh, that I just really recommend it. And, um, yeah, and I'm paying for it. <laughs> I'm paying for Star Trek. Well, you know, you're also a responsible human being that is is paying for that, and and I hats off to you, sir. Responsible human being. Yeah. Oh my. Because you could pirate that shit. Oh, you're okay. not, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I mean, you're you are giving CBS its tribute, and so you're you're being. I'm you're giving being good. 
Yeah, I'm giving Trek its tribute. Yeah. I, I honestly think that it should be, you know, that we shouldn't have to jump through hoops to see it. And also, if you don't have, um, you know, a certain, like a Amazon or a, like a 4K Apple TV, you, mm-hmm. you can't watch it on your TV. You have to watch it on your computer because, yeah, they just don't have like an app that you can go to cbs.com or whatever on your on your smart TV. Mm. It, it, you can't watch it on your damn smart TV unless you have the Amazon or unless you have an, an Apple TV, that kind of thing. Which I think, you know, so I crawl across the floor um, and I use my HDMI out from mm-hmm. my Mac and, um, and I hope that uh, the Bluetooth is going to connect. And, um, <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I'm crawling, crawling across my floor uh, which is which is something else to be said. That's kind of brave to do um, to, to plug you know to plug this in and and to watch it. And I just you know I can't say enough about it. I just think they've done a great job. And I and I don't work for CBS. <laughs> but you're right. I, I haven't caught the the season break, but I, I did catch the the first half of it. And, and I agree. It's it's quite it's quite amazing. It um, is. Uh, and that kind of piggybacks on. This isn't a new recommendation, but it's kind of interesting. Because it's just what I'm experiencing right now that I'm, I'm re-watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. So I've, I, I've periodically gone back to other sci-fi shows. And I've seen Star Trek Next Generation. I mean, I've seen Star Trek Next Generation. But actually, uh, referencing a conversation that you and I had earlier, I do think Discovery is just... I mean, it's it's amazing, and I think it's the only other season, not season, but the the only other Star Trek series that really rivals TNG as yeah. being good. You yeah, know? it's all. I mean, it's all about the story, and and you know, um, it's there are find they are finding ways to make Star Trek new and original, mm-hmm. and they're just succeeding wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Quick, I have a quick story about yeah. Next Generation. When I was working in Los Angeles uh, as an actor in the 90s, I was working on a show called Brooklyn Bridge, and I was an extra, and I was, you know, in my early 20s then. And, um, you know, so they had the little driver's cap on me, and I was, like, frickin' selling newspapers on the corner, you know, <laughs> um, for, as an extra on on this show. Well, break time came around, um, and, you know, and people broke for lunch, and... As it turns out, one of the gentlemen that I was an extra with had just completed a two-week stint on The Next Generation um, as a Klingon. And um, so, you know, I was picking his brain about how, you know, what it was like to to do it, the makeup, all that kind of stuff. And he said, hey, the Star Trek soundstage is right next door, and I know the guard that's there. And I figured this is a bullshit moment, if there ever was a bullshit moment. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're going to, yeah, right. You, you'd know the guard mm-hmm. because you were a Klingon and we're going to just stroll on in. Well, fuck, that's what, exactly what happened. And you walk into the soundstage and if, you know, you're familiar with the Paramount lot, it's, it's really close to the wardrobe building there. And right next to uh, what they called the, at the time they called it the Brady Bunch stage that we mm-hmm. were working on. And um, when you walk in, when I walked in and, and took a look at uh, at that soundstage, off to the right was the bridge set, and it, I just remember it looking much much smaller than than it looked on TV. Mm. Um, but to the left, there was Ten Forward. Oh. Now, yeah, so Ten Forward is a full set, and when you walk in, the doors open, you look up, and there's a ceiling mm-hmm. there. You know, often that's you look up and you'll see you know lights hanging from the ceiling of of uh, a soundstage the star map was out mm-hmm. and it was actually reflecting so it, i don't know if they light it or if it's just mm-hmm. you know some kind of uh, natural mirrors or something that they mm-hmm. put in the star map but it actually looked like you were looking out 
at the at the galaxy while you were standing in ten forward, and it was just it was just wonderful. And I got a chance to also walk by engineering, you know, see a holodeck and that kind of stuff. Well, uh, we continued this walk around the Paramount lot. We ran into, of all people, Patrick fucking Stewart. Oh my god! Yeah. And he is going from one soundstage to, it looks like a trailer or something, but you can tell that his head is down and that he's reciting lines. And, and we, you know, our little group of people were just amazed to see him, you know, like a, like a damn Sasquatch sighting or something, <laughs> you know. And, um, and he, he took the time to look up and say, hello. And it was just amazing that the guy acknowledged you know, the, the extras, you know, that were just walking around the lot. So there you go. That's that's my Star Trek Next Generation story. That's that's all I got. It's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those moments where you just you knew it was something special yeah. and you were smiling from ear to ear. And also, you know, coming from a, a farming background in a community where there really wasn't a hell of a lot of art, you know, being able to actually see this stuff was really something I, I had wanted to, you know, be seen on Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never got that opportunity. But being able to be there and to just have that one moment of Patrick Stewart looking over and saying hello while he was while he was working was really satisfying and something I'll never forget. That's incredible. Yeah. Mark, where can the people out there find you in your goodness out sure. of the, the universe? You betcha. Um, so you can find my goodness out there um, this spring, actually. Um, a friend of mine, um, old man Bobby Jackson, uh, and I are going to do a podcast um, that is titled That Shit Drives Me Nuts. <laughs> and you can go ahead and, and if you wanted to listen to that this spring, you can find it on T-S-D-M-N. Dot com. That's T-S-D-M-N, that shit drives me nuts, dot com. And uh, yeah, the, the, the content is pretty much explained uh, in the title. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that's driving us nuts, and, and here we go. Well, I look forward to hearing about that, and uh, if you guys need something imminently bingeable for a podcast, uh, go check them out uh, this, this upcoming spring. So um, you can find us, Cabin Minute Cast, at cabinminutecast.com. On social media, Cabin Minute Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I want to take a minute to thank Mark Daniels for being my co-pilot this week, being incredible, and just bringing his fun, delightful self to the program. So thanks for for staying up late and and hanging hanging with us. Yeah, it's it's awfully late. I mean, um, it, you know, uh, MacGyver was was done um, <laughs> earlier in the evening, and I usually. <laughs> just have a warm cup of milk after MacGyver and you hit the bed. So, um, but I recorded the episode and uh, so, you know, so I'll know what, what MacGyver's doing. On VHS, no on, less? On, it's on VHS. Okay, no equalizer. There's there's no EQ. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a two-head VCR and, um, and yeah, it's about uh, 300 lines of resolution. But it but it's MacGyver. But it's MacGyver. You, you can't miss MacGyver. No, 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 no I, I appreciate that. There you go. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, yeah. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. And I look forward to uh, to the next time, uh, you know, your your host is, is, is on a beach somewhere and yeah. you're needing some help. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for showing up this week and for Minute 63 of Cabin Minute Cast. And we will see you back at the cabin. Thank you.